What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen, coming at you Monday through Friday, every single weekday. Tell your friends about it. Make it part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. Seriously, every day. We've, we've been rolling them out this week because the Blazers have been super duper duper at the top of the news roll. Damian Lillard on Saturday re- officially requested a trade from the Portland Trail Blazers with his eyes on the Miami Heat. I recorded a bonus episode on Saturday morning. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, I kind of laid out how we got here. Now I want to talk about what's next. So if you, if you are uh, just... Uh, tuning in because you're not used to me having Saturday episodes. Well, guess what? The news moved quickly. We had a little bonus episode on Saturday. I had a bonus episode Friday night because it's been a busy week in here. So go listen to that when we talk about how the Blazers wound up here. What I want to do in today's show is spin it forward. What's next? Uh, so we'll get caught up on everything that's happened since I last recorded, kind of the latest news, where we stand with the with the team and Dame and all of that. Then I want to talk trade packages. I want to get specific. Um, the suitors, what those packages might look like, what those teams have to offer. And then we'll close the show with like a, a, a modest proposal, a deal that was uh, helped in part by a, list, by a listener of the program, kind of helped me concoct what is a realistic trade, what I think a realistic trade could potentially look like. So we'll, we'll end up with, with a, what I think is a realistic package. Let's work our way there slowly and start with just like the, let's, let's work our way through the facts. First of all, where, where does the team stand? Well, Damon Lillard requested trade shortly before 9 a.m. on Saturday morning, and then I record this podcast, and then right after the podcast uh, drops, Joe Cronin uh, releases the following statement. We have been clear that we want Dame here, but he notified us today he wants out and he'd prefer someplace else. What has not changed for us is that we're committed to winning and we are going to do what's best for the team in pursuit of that goal. A uh, couple, I think there's a lot of different ways you are can read this. One, I would say it's relatively combative from, from Joe Cronin. Um, like, we're not going to appease you, Damian Lillard. I think it's relatively combative. I think, I think that's believable. Um, I think it's right for the Blazers to go out and try to pursue the best package available, whatever it might be. Um, I like, what do they owe Damian Lillard? It's kind of a, a kind of a silly conversation. Um, they owe him like a certain level of respect that they've probably given him. And now they got to figure out what's best for the franchise. And he wants a certain thing. And if they can make, if they can find out something that's best for the franchise and get him what he wants, then sure, they'll figure out what they owe him. But like, it's, I don't know that, Oh, is such a oh is such a strange question to get into. I don't know that I don't know that when you get to the I want to be traded trade demand when you have a bunch of years left in your contract. I don't know. I don't know what you are owed. Per- perhaps nothing. And the Blazers are really sticking to that. In fact, Adrian Wojnarowski shortly after this uh, statement was released by Cronin, sent it to you know the, the people who break the news in this world. Um, Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, Woj, as you know him, reported that the Blazers are, quote, looking for a star level return package and they plan to look across the league and, quote, well beyond the Miami Heat to find one. That is very specific. Dame has, you know, it's like Dame has a sight set on Miami. He wants to play with Jimmy Butler. He wants to play with Bam Adebayo. He wants to, you know, be in that part of that system in that city. uh, And the Blazers say, yeah, the Heat's package isn't very good. We want something better out there. And according to Sam Amick, there are other packages that could potentially be out there. The Philadelphia 76ers are interested. 
the Los Angeles Clippers are interested. The Utah Jazz have even been a team, according to Sam Amick of The Athletic, a team registered interest in pursuing a trade for, for, uh, for Donovan Mitchell. I don't think so. For Damian Lillard. Add those to the list of Brooklyn and Miami. That's five teams that are legitimately interested. If you've been a longtime listener to this podcast and every day or back in May, I did an episode about what a Damian Lillard trade might look like. Um, this was much more hypothetical. It's gotten much more real now. But in that episode, I mentioned that I think there are going to be a limited number of suitors because of how specific what the Dame situation he's owed a bunch of money. Um, so if you, the back half of his contract at, you know, 36 years old, he's going to be making $63 million. It's a lot to commit to financially. He is a win now type player. And he's, and because of the money and the type of player he is, if you have to give up a ton of assets and you're not really good in the next two seasons, it might not make sense. So I don't expect there to be a, a giant market. I'm not even sure. I a hundred percent believe the Utah jazz are interested in Damian Lillard. Should they be? Yeah, he's good, but like he's a specific type of player. He's he's going to be excellent, I think. I don't have much um, doubt him being excellent over the next two seasons. But are you are you champ? If you are championship level good, and you think Dame makes you championship level good, I think it's a no brainer. If you are not quite there, it gets dicey because aren't you going to find yourself in a similar position? Except Damian Lord gets more expensive and older, a little bit worse, even less tradable down the line if you make this move. For Philly, they've got Joel Embiid. They have a James Harden, a giant James Harden problem. It makes sense. For the Clippers, you know, they have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and a, an owner who loves to spend money. It's like this is, if they're going to take one last swing, this is the one last swing. For Brooklyn, it's just like a Dame, a place that Dames wants to play. They're a team that, you know, has sort of done the star pursuit thing very heavily over the past few seasons and maybe could find themselves re-upping in that path. And Miami is just like the obvious place that he wants to go and a type of team that always sort of, shoes draft picks and chases stars of dame's caliber the the heat are are zeroing in on dame that makes sense brooklyn makes sense philly makes sense the clippers make sense utah is the sort of odd team out in this but adding to the further complication is that jake fisher of yahoo sports reports that philly would not be interested in including tyrese maxi in a package well, if Philly's not going to include Tyrese uh, maxi in a trade package for damian lillard then it gets a lot crappier a lot faster gets a lot messier a lot faster because it's like, well, what is Philly even willing to trade? Uh, Mark Stein of of uh, the Stein line, his newsletters, reported that Philly doesn't want to trade Tyrese Maxey at all. They would prefer just to hold on to him, period. And in no trades do they intend to trade Tyrese Maxey. So knock down the list of suitors who realistic packages to the Clippers, Utah, Brooklyn, and Miami with Utah having a, a slight question mark next to him. So what the heck are these trade packages even going to look like? That's what I want to talk about in the second segment. The specifics from these teams, the teams that are like legitimately might be interested and what they have to offer. That's what we'll do in the second segment. But first, let me tell you about prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I play prize picks on the app, but you can also play it on prizepicks.com. How it works is you pick between two to six players. And if they go over or under the prize pick projections as you pick them, you can win up to 25 times your money if you go perfect six for six. But you don't need to go perfect six for six. You can say... Listen, I'm not feeling that froggy. I'm about I'm a four for six night. Make your make pick, pick your entry of six players. Pick four that you say I'm going to get four out of six right. Get your money. Five out of six right. Get your money. You set the odds. You set the lines, and it's just you competing against Prize Picks projections. There's there's no field. There's no sharks. There's no nothing. 
So I play the NBA. They set uh, stat lines for things like points, rebounds, assists, and steals. But you don't have to just play basketball. You can play this summer. You can play the WNBA. You can play PGA uh, golf or whatever golf is going to look like. You can play tennis tournaments. You're going to find it all on Price Picks. So don't wait. Go sign up today. And when you do, use that promo code Locked On whether you're downloading the app or at PricePicks.com. You get a hundred percent instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Put in hundred bucks, give you hundred bucks. Put in fifty bucks. They'll give you 50 bucks. So make sure you use that promo code locked on when you sign up and get that instant deposit match up to $100. All right. So if the suitors are the ones that have been reported, I think walking through what their trade packages could look like has some value. I want to like offer this caveat. If another team swoops in and makes the Blazers this crazy godfather offer, they should take it immediately. But um, I'm not going to run. Like I said, I think it's going to be relatively narrow because of the specifics of Damian Lord's age, money, and what you would have to trade in return for him. Most likely that there isn't going to be a wide list of suitors. I also think quietly. I don't know how much it's hard to gauge something like this, but this is a player's league. Players have a ton of power. Um, I think Dame doesn't have like... Brad Beal, no trade clause. I get to pick where I need to go. But I think he has some influence, not in the like on the Blazers side. They might be just be done with him. They, they might just be not done with him, but they might be frustrated enough with him that they'd like to just send him wherever and he'll and him and his people will figure it out from there. But I think you can call Danny Ainge and say, don't trade for Damian Lord. He doesn't want to be there. And Danny Ainge might say, cool, I don't want to cash in all my chips for someone who doesn't want to be here. I think you can do that. I think there's there there that I think that type of sway exists for sure. I, I I think that's part of the calculation. So, if we're considering the Philly, the Clippers, Utah, Brooklyn, Miami, what are those what do those trades look like? We've talked about the Heat package a bunch, um, and it's underwhelming. It's straight up bad. I mean, I mentioned like this was several weeks ago. If you're every listener, you've heard me say this. I think it stinks. But the more I walk through this exercise, I do think the trade package that they're getting back is going to stink. I think it's going to stink. Let me elaborate on why I think that. So the the heat package would be uh, centered most likely around Tyler Hero, a, you know, a 23 year old dude who can definitely score. The Blazers have have that on the roster. There's not a lot of value in Tyler Hero. I just think every time it's better than him, et cetera, et cetera. You've heard me say that a bunch. If you haven't heard me say that, that's I just don't think Tyler Hero has much value to the Blazers specifically. So they need to reroute Tyler Hero. That that's how it works. They could also put in Kyle Lowry's expiring money. And they have some young players like Nikola Jovic and uh, Jaime Jaquez, who is the rookie, who are drafty this year. But they don't have a lot of picks to trade. They can trade a 2028 pick, they can trade a 2030 pick, and they owe a future pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So they could unprotect that pick and say, okay, in in 2025, you or 2026, you get our pick. Uh, that's full, now fully unprotected. So then they could trade 2024. Maximum of two of three first rounders. That's the maximum they could trade. There's no negotiating with Miami. You don't need to go. You can't. You can't go to the table and squeeze them for four or five first round picks. They legally cannot trade any more than that. Three is the most. Three, and then they can do swaps in between. So they're going to have to OKC. They're going to have to send that OKC pick 2026. But you could get a swap in 2025 and a swap in 2027 and three unprotected first in 24, 28, and 30. Seventh graders. It's not very appealing, but I digress. Say the Clippers want to get involved. What the heck do the Clippers have to trade? Terrence Mann? Like, 
Terrence Mann could be the sort of young player that this is that this is centered around, and the and the sort of expiring money that they've been rumored to be offering in the James Harden deal, which is Norman Powell, Robert Covington, Marcus Morris. Oof. Okay, but what what picks do the Clippers have to trade? Well, they've pretty much traded them all. They can only trade 28 and 30. Would you rather have 28 and 30 from the Clippers, or would you rather have 24, 28, and 30 from the Heat? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Philly. um, Maybe Philly doesn't want to include Tyrese Maxey. Say they do. Absolutely, I think, the best player you could get back in this trade. I think Tyrese Maxey's better than Tyler Hero. I, I prefer him more. He's also... He hasn't signed his next contract yet, so that gives you a little more wiggle room. But... Philly, because of all the moves they've made, they can really only trade an unprotected 20-30 pick in the future. Okay, that's that's a mess. That's a mess. Tyrese Maxey in 2030 is is like is it better than the Heat package? Probably not. If they if if it's a mega trade with, you know, they send James Harden to the Clippers and you get um you know, you get those picks and you get Philly's pick and Tyrese Maxey and the expirings from um, you know, and 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 the Clippers picks and the expirings from uh, from the Clippers. So it's like Norm, Robert Covington, Marcus Morris, Tyrese Maxey, two picks in 2030 and a pick in 2028. Is that better than what the Heat are offering? It's close, but it's not like way, way, way better. So then you move your eyes to two teams. There's two teams that clearly have better packages than those suitors. This is sort of obvious suitors without those teams. Let's start with Utah. I don't know how much Utah has interest in making this happen. Utah previously could have just... Um, uh, absorb Dame into their in their cap space but they made a trade for John Collins so now it gets a little bit dicier but there's a there's a trade there's a trade out there where they sign Taylor Hendricks their ninth overall pick in this draft you know wait 30 days to be able to trade him something that looks like Taylor Hendricks Oshai Ogbaji Taylor Horton Tucker and Colin Sexton's money to make it work and the Jazz have a boatload of picks they have 10 available first round picks between now this is 2024 draft next summer and 2027 10 available picks over the next four drafts Whew. the Jazz have it that like Taylor Hendricks Oshai Agbaji and and a whole bunch of unprotected picks from the Jazz that's what you want Colin Sexton doesn't fit the plan he's got money on the books for three more two more seasons or three more seasons after this like you figure out what to do with him, right? You, you 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 reroute him somewhere. Someone will have some interest in him, maybe, or or if not, you kind of um, just figure out how to how to have him be your fourth guard and then move him down the line at, at the trade deadline or whatever it might be. Like if you get this deal, Sexton's money is not going to be the thing that holds it up. Uh, I don't think the Jazz are going to offer. It doesn't make sense for them to trade for Damian Lillard and offer to Lowry Markkinen. Why would they do that? It doesn't make sense for them to, to really offer Walker Kessler. What you're offering Dame is the is the like why this deal would work for for Damian Lillard is like Dame, Walker Kessler, Lowry Markkinen, John Collins. Pretty fun top four. That team makes noise. You've got a chance to make noise back in Utah where he's beloved. You give the Blazers a whole bunch of picks. This is your star package. That's the best. That is unequivocally the best one on the table. I don't know what the Jazz's willingness to do this. I recommend, and I'm going to do this too, that we go listen to Locked on Jazz, where David Locke, uh, the godfather of the podcast, hosts that program, and we will see what his read on the situation is. My read now is that it would be kind of a weird move for the Jazz, but it absolutely would accelerate their timeline. They have done a good job pivoting off of Mitchell and Gobert, and why stockpile all these picks if you're not going to cash in when something like this is available? You know, there's reasons that they wouldn't slower build. Dame doesn't like Dame doesn't want to be there. Do they have? Can they get there in just two years, et cetera, et cetera? There's 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 other reasons why you wouldn't do it. But they've got the package. 
I'm not sure about Utah though. I just, I just like, I don't know their interest, their actual level of interest. Apparently they're interested. And if they are, this is it, that that's the one circle it on your calendar. Send Dame to the, send Dame to the Rocky mountains. I don't know why you're circling on your calendar, circle it in your diary. Wish, wish on one of those wish papers you burn. If you're familiar, put write it in one of those little pieces of wish paper, light it on fire, send it, send it into the atmosphere. I think that's the best package. I don't know how realistic that is. Brooklyn seems a little more realistic. Again, there isn't a world in which the Blazers trade Dame for Mikael Bridges. That doesn't make sense. I don't even think there's a world in which the Blazers get Nick Claxton back. I think it's not crazy uh, that they could they could say, hey, you got to send us Claxton. You can have um, Yusuf Nurkic, blah, blah, blah. Dame's that good. You'll be fine. Like, whatever. But my read on it is that... Um, is that they wouldn't trade Claxton and, and they wouldn't trade uh, they wouldn't trade Mikhail Bridges. What they trade is the bevy of picks they have to offer. But because they've already traded Joe Harris, I my I mentioned this in yesterday's podcast or Saturday's podcast. You were listening to Monday, July third show. It's coming out on Sunday evening. If you're lucky enough to be listening to it Sunday evening, welcome. I'm happy to have you. But because they sent out Joe Harris, I thought the the Nets had a pretty like Joe Harris is expiring money. Spencer Dinwiddie's expiring money and a boatload of picks uh, and throw in Noah Clowney, the draft rights to Noah Clowney, who they just drafted at 21. Uh, maybe throw in the draft rights to Derek Whitehead, who they also drafted right in the same range, 22. I don't know who went first, but they had 21 and 22 and they got Clowney and Whitehead. Um, it's like, yeah, that's it. That's Let's go, like call it in right now. But once they traded Joe Harris, they didn't have those appealing expirings. And so to get to the money that you need to trade for Dame, you probably have to include Ben Simmons. Ben's got two years left on his deal. I do not think he becomes a viable NBA player again. I think that ship has sailed. But, you know, you eat one year of his contract and the next year he becomes this massive expiring contract. Expiring contracts are going to be valuable in the league again, especially big ones because of the oppressive nature of that second tax apron. Teams are going to be looking to take on expiring money and say, let us get out of this mess. Like t- take some contracts with multiple years in the future. We'll pay you to kind of to um, to make it happen. And the Blazers, if they were in a rebuild, that's exactly the type of thing you would want to do. Um, that's not this trade deadline, but would be the following trade deadline in 2025. It's a little bit down the line. I don't love the Ben Simmons contract. I wouldn't want it, quite frankly. But if you're talking about realistic trade packages, you kind of have to do it now looking at the net situation. So it would be Simmons and Clowney and Whitehead. Maybe you only get one of the rookies. Maybe you have to choose between Clowney and Whitehead, and I would go Clowney for for my money. But Simmons and Noah Clowney. And then the Nets... Their picks are pretty far out. So they have a 2025 pick from Phoenix. They have 2027 picks from Philly and Phoenix. And then they got picks down the line from, from Milwaukee in 2028. Uh, in 2029, more from Phoenix and from Dallas as well. So like, if you want deeper picks, it's there for you. But if that's the trade market, it's not that... It's just... If Brooklyn doesn't want to get into it, and if, even if they do, you're talking picks down the line. I think Brooklyn has the best realistic package. I think the best package period of the possible suitors is Utah, but their willingness to their willingness to actually you know consummate the trade seems um, it's a little bit of an unknown. It's an unknown, and you know, the, and the package I have is pretty rich. But give them it's Damian Lillard. Give them up. Give it up. Give it up. Um, that said, if Utah's not really involved. It's Brooklyn. It's Brooklyn. You got it. It's, it's Brooklyn. And and what can you squeeze out of Brooklyn? One of the I think challenges is is like, if I know this, some dumb podcaster in his basement, 
that the Heat only have three picks, are the Nets going to go much further than three picks that they offer? Like, are they going to give up five firsts? Maybe. Maybe you can squeeze them because Damian Lillard is that good. But the market is the market. And I want to talk about the market because I really feel like... I really feel like this just kind of ends with Miami and the Blazers and a third team or fourth team in a Tyler Hero situation just like figuring itself out. I think this gets done this summer. And I have a trade sent in to me by a listener with a little bit of help from the internet to make it legal that I'm going to offer up that I think is is my most realistic path. That's what I'll talk about in the third segment. Join me there, won't you? Still a pass, first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. I think when you walk through this exercise, and I hope that, I hope that what this show kind of um, helped you see, is that of the teams that might be interested in Dame, it's not like there is one team out there that's like, yeah, go get it. Like, go get it. I mean, it's Utah, right? But like of the realistic suitors and teams that are sort of like, that you would imagine to, to be in there, that's like, there's not a team that has like this blow you away type package. Like Ben Simmons and Noah Clowney and a bunch of firsts is not a blow you away type package. It's the best of some bad options. And when you get into that, when you start to like really walk down the logic of it, like I've, I've seen Blazer fans and I've gotten a bunch of emails about it. And I know this time sucks. It sucks. Um, you know, for many of you, your favorite Blazer of all time, you know, a guy who's just been such a huge part of your last decade of fandom, to have to imagine trading him and then trading him for an unsavory package, it stinks. But I hope walking you through the logic is like, what do you do? I think the thing that you kind of hope for is a Kevin Durant type situation where he asks for a trade and free agency and then you get to August and he's like, nah, I don't want to be traded. And then you wait till uh, the trade deadline and find that, package that like eventually materializes that's much better like that would obviously be the case best case for most for both sides but dame in portland is a little bit different than KD in brooklyn um i think that's like certainly something that could happen but i do not think the blazers i don't think this gets to a point where the blazers hold dame hostage and he's like sitting out games that is not how this divorce ends i think this gets taken care of this summer one way or another i just think it might take a month or so. And one of the reasons I think it might take a month or so is because I think some version of the most realistic trade involves the Blazers doing business with the Heat, getting their three first round picks and two swaps, and expanding the trade to be a multi team trade where someone else takes Tyler Hero. And luckily, listener Kyle sent me a version of this that I thought was relatively realistic in which the Orlando Magic would be willing to offer, say, a 2025 top three protected pick in exchange for Tyler Hero. They send that, they immediately route that to the Blazers. So now Portland is up to four first round picks. Um, you know, maybe they, uh, maybe you could get another second out of out of Orlando, but I don't. I I'm not hundred percent sure that's Tyler Hero's market. But if you can, you get as many as you can. Um, but let's say a top three protected pick from from uh, f- from the Orlando Magic comes in 2025 comes comes to Portland. Then you've got to come up with a, a little bit more money to make it the trade legal. Uh, according to John Hollinger of The Athletic, that money in the new CBA climate would be about $41.5 million. So start with the $27 million that's owed to, uh, that is owed to uh, Tyler Hill for next year, and then you build the package from there. If I'm the Blazers, I'm asking for Jaime Hawkes, a first-round pick this year, and I'm asking for Nikola Jovic, the second-round pick of last year. But... 
The, the rest of the money they have to offer doesn't appeal to me. Kyle Lowry's giant expiring contract, like, sure, cool. Maybe that's flippable in February, but it's it's not really ideal for this. But if we get there, we'll talk Kyle. But I don't want to talk Kyle now. So I want I want Hakez. I want Jovic. And then I want to call OKC that has agreed to a trade to acquire Victor Oladipo. And this was an idea that, that Hollinger floated as well. Not this specific idea, but a version of this that I, th- I think makes sense. Because when Kyle sent me this trade, initially it had Oladipo coming to the Blazers to make the money work. But Oladipo has already been agreed to be traded. I, b- I believe that trade is unofficial. So you expand that to four teams. Part of the trade to OKC is that the pick that the, the Heat owe, uh, owe OKC in the future, which is lightly protected, you completely take those protections off. Give them an unprotected pick in 2026. Give them Victor Oladipo. That gets you to the 41 and some change. 41 and a half, a little bit more than that with Oladipo's money. That would make a Dame trade legal. So the Blazers end up with four firsts. Two of them are pretty far down the line, but I think if you're trading with Miami Heat, you want them far down the line when Dame is out of the league, Jimmy Butler's out of the league, Pat Riley's retired. Four first-round picks, Jaime Jaquez, Nikolajovic, uh, and the swaps from Miami also in 2025 and 2027. I think this is something like the most realistic package because I don't know if Utah is willing to play ball. I don't know how much you're going to end up getting out of Brooklyn. And I'm not 100% sure Ben Simmons expiring money, Derek Whitehead and and um, and Noah Clowney is better than this version of the thing you get from the Miami Heat. I think this is something like the most reasonable package. You'd have to make, there's some other like moving parts to make a four-team trade work, but this gets you to the money you'd need to um, and gets you picks and you don't have to take on Tyler Hero's money and you get it, you get another first round pick to make it work without, um, you know, you would have to wait. Jaime Hawkins signed his contract, so you have to wait 30 days. Uh, Jovic, you can, he's eligible to trade it right now. So this happens like in, you know, the first week of August or whatever. But I think, I, if I, I don't know, I'm not going to say like, this is the trade that happens. I have no confidence in that, right? Like the league moves too quickly. James Harden is out there about to be traded as well from Philly. And, and Dame could certainly be involved in some sort of mega, mega deal that involves wherever James Harden's next location is as well. Next employer is as well. But when you walk through this, I still think the Blazers end up doing business with Miami one way or another, and it's finding that team. And is that team somebody like Orlando who needs, you know, a little bit more scoring from the guards uh, because maybe it isn't, it just like isn't quite there with, with Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs necessarily. Um, And you, and you make it happen. Do you need another young player from Miami or from Orlando to, to make the deal work? Yeah. Okay. Maybe you, maybe you ask for Cole Anthony or whatever it might be, or maybe you try to get Jonathan Isaac in the deal. Um, if you, if you're really into it, it wouldn't be my choice just because I don't trust his health. Um, but I think it's, it looks something like that. I do not think this drags on in the season. I do not think they're, they're going to hold Dame hostage. I don't think he sits out games. I don't think that's how the divorce works. And I don't necessarily think that there are other teams that are going to jump into the mix because of the specifics of the Damian Lillard situation. If Utah does, make sure you jump with them because that's the team you want to do a deal with. If not, I think you come back to Miami and something that looks like this, another team, a multi-team trade, all of the picks that Miami can cash in and all of the swaps and they pursue their championship with no assets in the future as they have done in the past to, to some level of consistent success. I think to, uh, another listener sent me this email, Scott. Shout out to listener Scott, longtime listener of the program, a wonderful emailer as well. Scott, thank you for listening. 
Scott said weeks ago, maybe 10 days ago, it's going to get messy. I think it is. I think Scott's right. I think this gets a little messy. The the sort of the the way that Cronin has dealt both publicly and maybe through like um, the way the reporting is coming from Agent Wojnarowski. That's like here's Cronin's statement. Here's what the Blazers are thinking. That's like uh, both publicly and privately. The way that this is sort of the posturing is coming from the Blazers is is pretty aggressive. Um, it is it is like hey, we're going to do the best for us, not for someone who doesn't want to be here. And that's the right stance to take, probably. And so I think that might get messy. Because Damon Lord's already on Instagram, like, reposting people thanking him for their memories in Portland. He's already acting like he's gone. And if he's not gone, and it's weeks or months, it's going to get messy. But I think they, I think they resolved this this summer. And I think it'll look something similar to the thing I just pitched. Um don't send me a fake Dame trade if you're thinking about it. If you've already crafted the email, um, we're going to talk about this a bunch. We'll continue to talk packages. I will follow all of the rumors and get you here and try to hear those sort of bring you the little bit of, of reporting that I can that I can from around the league. Because uh, if you're a longtime listener to the program, you know that uh, I had said that there were folks around the league who thought Dame was gettable. And here we are. We'll just keep doing it. It's what we do. Five days a week, wherever you get podcasts. The Blazers are going to play uh, Summer League this week. So the end of this week, we will have a show that touches on Summer League and Scoot Henderson and like the actual exciting dudes who want to wear a Blazers jersey that's going to make the next era fun. But for now, we'll follow the biggest news because that's what we got to do. I appreciate you listening. Tell your friends about the show. Wherever you get podcasts, also on YouTube. For real, I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.